The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by Spark Lab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about Spark Lab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. Listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is made by the spin off with help from Callahan Innovation. Here's your host, Simon Bell. One of the common kind of bleats from this podcast is that as a country we invest too much in unproductive assets like houses and interest payments and not enough into companies. One of the reasons we're like this is that it actually just isn't that easy to invest in other stuff. In order to get into something like shares, there are risks. And also, you need to get a diverse range of investments to spread that risk. There are managed funds full of fees and large sums needed to invest. There's share trading through a bank, but with 30 bucks each brokerage, you need to be doing more than about 2,000 bucks at a time, or else the fees are more than a 6% return. It just isn't that easy. Enter Sharesies. A cool new idea that makes it easy to invest. Simply set your industry preference, risk appetite, and get started with as little as, say, 50 bucks a go. It aims to increase financial literacy and get more people into good investment practice. And its promise that I absolutely love is that you don't need to be rich to have a share portfolio anymore. To chat about all things Sharesies, co-founder and CEO Brooke Anderson joins me now. G'day Brooke. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, thank you so much for coming up. What a cool idea. <laughs> um, tell me, how did you guys come up with Sharesies? And, and is that a fair kind of elevator pitch description of it. What, <laughs> it's a what have great we elevator pitch. Uh, so there's there's seven of us that founded Sharesies, which is quite a big team. And how we started sounds really convoluted, but happened really naturally. So it all started with Sonia, who was like, I want to be able to get into investing. Uh, with you know, She has no investing background or financial background. She's like, I want to get into investing like I can use PowerShop, you know, just buy small investment parcels and build as I go. And so she was talking to Leighton, who started an investment club when he was 17, where um, the, him and his friends put $50 away each week. And as that built, they got to start investing in things like a herd of cows, um, <laughs> a chicken farm in the Philippines, commercial property. Uh, and so, yeah, so Sonia and Leighton started talking about maybe there's in a way like that. And so then I got involved um, because I've got a bit of finance background and always been interested in starting a business. And, and then the rest of the team came in too, and we all huddled together, and then Sharesies was born. 
that's so cool. Where did you guys actually meet? Were you a group of friends? So the seven yeah. that got started? Yeah. So um, Leighton, Sonia and John worked at Kiwi Bank at the time. And I used to work at Kiwi Bank, but I was at zero. So I knew Leighton and... Um, well, Aiden's my husband, uh, and and John, and then uh, Leighton plays in a band with our, where one of our developers is, and uh, Ben, our designer, is Sonia's partner. So yeah, it's all this interconnected web. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And between the seven of you, you yeah. guys would know every single person in, in Wellington, <laughs> potentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's oh, a small place. Yeah, oh, that that's such a cool natural way for it to start. And yeah. that idea of the investment club, I love that. So Leighton yeah. was. Um, organised and on to it enough as a high school student to, mm. uh, to to stitch this together. How have they gone just out of interest with their investments? Incredibly well. I think what's really interesting is it's been going for, oh, what, 11 years or 13 years now, uh, and nobody has missed a payment. And Leighton talks about, you know, when he was a student and he's, you know, living off his credit card, and it probably made more financial sense to stop putting the $50 in. But he had that power of the group. Uh, that and you, and you knew you had a bigger you know a purpose than just you know making ends meet that week. So uh, yeah, so they've so I guess it's pretty amazing that they've continuously and still to this day put fifty dollars away a week. And they didn't really know how to invest at that time. They just you started with fifty dollars, built that up into in a bank account, uh, and then started to find opportunities. And, and that idea of a share club. So yeah. did they have different people come and? Uh, say, hey, I've got an idea for an investment and do the research and kind of pitch it to the group as well so they yeah. increase that literacy. Exactly. I mean, now it's all run through a Facebook group because they're all over the world, uh, you know, as they've gone on from university or working. Uh, yeah, and they bring different ideas and really different ideas mm. uh, to the to the club and then they vote on them. Okay, so you guys have got this this cool idea that takes something that's mm-hmm. kind of real and a bit analog you know like a little person a little kind of like club of people and then you turn it into a tech product that anyone (laughs) can get involved with what's what's involved with that like how does one go about starting uh, an investment product (laughs) well uh, fintech is highly regulated so the first thing that you know coming from a banking experience I knew that we would be facing quite a lot of regulation and it's really important we understand that because it's all there to help protect customers and their money so quickly we wanted to understand okay if we wanted to start something like this what does the environment look like from a regulatory perspective so we worked really closely with the financial markets authority got some top lawyers involved who are super keen to help us pretty much pro bono at the start uh, and and came up with a bit of a framework of how shares could operate so it's not actually operating like an investment club right now, but that's something we want to move into in the future. But essentially, somebody can start investing with, say, 30 or even $5 into a range or into six. Right now, it's six investment um, options on our platform, which will be growing over time. So how we've started, actually, is we've teamed up with NZX SmartShares, and they offer a range of exchange-traded funds. So on our platform right now, we don't offer individual shares, say, in Spark or Zero, uh, but we offer... Um, exchange traded funds so it's like a basket so you can invest in New Zealand's top 50 companies in one basket so your your risk is a bit more um you know the the funds a bit more diversified so we've got six uh, offers like that and there's US top 500 Australian resources Australian top 20 and a, you know NZ bonds so there's a ri- there's a range of kind of risk profiles too in those funds that we offer and yeah, essentially, uh, how a customer gets in is they sign up to Sharesies, uh, then they can place their investments, um, and then yeah, and then they 
the investment's actually held under Shazzy's nominee in, in their name. Cool. So you, you jump on, you, <laughs> you pick your industry. So you're like, I like the idea of American tech stocks. Yeah, and yeah. then that's maybe a higher risk uh, profile. Mm-hmm. And you choose your risk profile. Uh, so does your risk profile put you into certain industries or do industries put you into certain risks? Yeah, it's quite interesting. So how we've, how we've helped people determine their risk profile is we've teamed up with Sorted and offered their, offered their calculator through our platform. It's, it's really good in terms of asking a few basic questions and help you understand, you know, should you be investing in growth or balanced or are you a bit of a conservative investor? And from that, we've taken the risk profile of the funds that we offer and, and divided them like that. So we actually, you can pick the industry or the, the um, country you're interested in investing in, uh, and you can see that does this match my risk profile or not. Ah, cool. Yeah. And how do users get their money in and out? Is it something like, um, you know, there are funds that can take years to get <laughs> your, your cash out and yeah. shares are... Uh, very liquid, you can sell them whenever you want. Where do you guys sit on that spectrum? Yeah, so this is essentially like shares, very liquid. So uh, customers uh, at right now in our beta uh, do a bank transfer or a lot of them are set up automatic payments into sharesies and that takes typically two days. It's T plus two is the industry standard. So two days for your investment to become yours. And then if you want to sell, it's two days again uh, to sell down. And you guys are in beta now, yes. and so how many you, how many people have you guys had come to to, to join already? It's astounded us that um, just how many people we you know we in our beta it's all about product market fit. Like, will this what we've created actually be what customers want? And it's astounded us the growth that we've got. So we've got over two thousand one hundred people on our platform. We've only been out for a month. You know, in our probably audacious business model, we thought a thousand in the first month would be great. So uh, we've doubled our expectations or our hopes. Uh, and it's amazing just seeing how these people behave with their money and 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 how they're getting into investing. What I also love about these users is eighty percent are under forty, which is so different to how the industry is today. You know, the majority of investors are probably over 50. Yeah, Liv, you, yeah. you go along to an annual general meeting for any company and <laughs> holy heck, it's like it's yeah. like a um, grey power meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, we don't ask people if they're male or female, but from the queries we get, I, I do get a sense that, you know, we've probably got 50-50 mm-hmm. um, women and men using our platform, which again is really great for the industry and just getting people to start understanding how to invest and that they can. And how do people track their returns? So you guys have an app, is that right? Yes, yeah. So we've got a web app. We haven't built an app for Android or Apple yet because we're still developing mm. the web app. Uh, but essentially, you can save it to your home screen and make it feel like an app. Mm. Uh, yeah. So we've built that. So that's how people get into the product in the in the main way. That yeah, that's how they invest. And how like I, I mean, you guys haven't been going for a very long time here, but I guess like there are two big kind of competing things with investing. Like people do it because they want to see a return, but good investment is thinking on very long horizons. If you're not like a day trader, and I imagine you guys yeah. are not setting up to be a day trader's platform. No, not at all. Uh, you know, our philosophy is buy, hold, and whack it on an AP. So you know, uh, you choose the investments you want. Uh, continuously add to it in an amount that you can afford at a time that's right for you. So a lot of people are doing that around their payday uh, and and consistently keep investing. The markets, as we know, go up and down. But if you ride that curve over time, um, you know, historical evidence shows that you end up doing better off. 
Yeah. And I guess there's never, you know, there's that wonderful line that the best time to plant a tree is 30 years ago yes. or, or right now. Yes. And so I suppose you can always <laughs> look at a market and go, oh, it seems to be a bit heated or there seems to be a lot going on. Yeah. But, you, you know, let's say it does um, have some form of correction over the next little while. Over time, it still is heating up yeah. as the number of people increases yeah. and the amount of economic activity increases. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Does that does that worry you guys at all? Like, or do do, do Cassandras come out? And... <laughs> well, it's quite interesting. I think because right now we're you know we're potentially near a peak of the market, or you know it is it is you know quite high, and there's a lot of investment in in stocks and shares at the moment. Uh, and as we know, it is cyclical, so you know it can go down. But that's to be honest, it, it doesn't worry me. I just want to make sure that people understand that when they start investing, mm. and so we you know try and make sure that's really clear. Uh, because we're, you know, like I said, the majority of people are, that are getting into this are under 40. They've got time on their side. Uh, they're investing amounts that they can afford. And um, it, and it's weird. I like to look at it, and I don't know if it's the right way to look at it, but when the market's down, I'm like, it's on sale. Yes. You know, so it's a, you know if, you, if you keep your strategy of investing regularly, uh, you know, you get to buy it at a lower price. Yeah, that's yeah. how I look at it. That, that wonderful advice. Yeah. Be brave. That's not when, advice, be, be brave when others are fearful. Although yeah. none of this constitutes Buffett's method. Yeah, yeah. None of this constitutes investment advice. Just mm. if anyone from a oh, financial gosh, management no. authority is listening. <laughs> just how I look at it. Um, and how do you guys make money out of this business model? So uh, people put in fifty dollars a week, say, and um, are there fees on like the weekly thing? Is it a mm. yearly fee? Do you take like a a two and 20 or something. What do you guys do? Uh, the way that we've structured uh, shares has really baffled the industry because, you know, they definitely make a lot of money on every single trade, you know, and, and charging brokerage, you know, like you said, $30 in the intro. So how shares makes money is we have a $30 annual subscription fee. Uh, so that's that what the customer pays. Um, right now, if they get into our beta, they get $20 in their wallet, though, so that's a pretty good, um, you know. Sign incentive. me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get up there. Uh, so that's that's from the customer's point of view, and that's all they pay um, to, you know, pretty much eat, you know, as much as they like, buy and sell as much as they like during that year. Then uh, we also make money through the, the funds that we offer on our platform, we get a distribution rebate from those funds. So they, you know, because we're obviously distributing their products. And then over time, as money is sitting in Shares' wallets, so customers' wallets that, that isn't invested, we do earn interest on that. Okay. So let's let's have a look at how, um, yeah, jump, jumping back to that brokerage thing. <laughs> it took me quite a, I, I got excited by Shares when, um, like, you know, anyone who's like a business nerd, uh, when I was younger and um, had very limited resource. And it took me a while because I, I was a business nerd but not very onto it to realize that if I was putting through $500 purchase with a $30 brokerage and then $30 to sell it again, you had to be getting like 20% returns yeah. just to break even on your brokerage. Yeah. And then you'd have to save up to get all the way up to 2000 in order to make it worthwhile doing a transaction. And then that could be you know, a year and the boat's passed. So the boat sailed. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic model to have kind of cracked. Yeah, I think the one of the key or well, three key reasons why we started Sharesies or we saw massive problems in this industry was one, like you said, the minimum buy-in for investing is way too high. You're like you, you know, if it's too, it's in the thousands typically in order to get a return, and and most funds expect ten thousand or more. Yeah. Um, second is the jargon. There's so much jargon that scares people off from investing. So uh, we try and 
eliminate the jargon, but in saying that we don't want investors, our investors to have a new kind of language or anything, uh, but we try and demystify it and break it down and, and turn it into everyday language. And then the third way is, you know, the industry definitely is targeted for the wealthy few, and that's what we wanted to stop. We wanted the ability for any New Zealander to have a crack at investing. Tell me about your journey, Brooke, yeah. to being the CEO as well. So you've worked for some of New Zealand's best companies. <laughs> yeah. uh, I met you through Vend and, and, and Zero. Um, and, and what led you to want to um, jump out of uh, very, very good jobs and very, very good companies and become the founder of this company? So, yeah, I think the number one reason was passion. I'm so passionate about this. From working at Kiwi Bank, I managed their savings and investment and transactional portfolios. And they really got a lot of insight into how New Zealanders behave with our money. And there's actually just three simple traits that people who are great savers have compared to to others. And the majority of New Zealanders, their bank accounts are going backwards. Um, but there's ways that we could improve that. So I got really passionate about, you know, we need to help Kiwis be better off. Um, so I always had that growing in me. And then joining Zero, I learned a lot about technology and how that can totally disrupt an industry uh, and, and the global growth opportunities and understanding how to grow a brand or a product in a global arena. And so having those two skills uh, really helped me in terms of coming to Sharesies from a passion point of view. And then I guess, you know, if you talk to anybody who's worked with me, I've, I've always been quite ambitious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always wanted to be a CEO and I've always studied the CEOs that um, that have worked around. And, and now being a CEO, I have a lot more empathy for them and how they make their decisions <laughs> and why they care about what they do. Uh, and I've always sought out mentors too to really make sure I'm developing my leadership skills. And I've got a long way to go for sure, but um, I just... I just love it. It's fire my belly. <laughs> so after make, making the jump to it, like what things were you, what things have kind of kept with what you expected of being a CEO and what stuff surprised you? Um, so what I guess I expected is, you know, what I always looked for in a great CEO was really strong strategic direction and clarity on that. You know, you've, you've, you've really know where you're going and you hold, you know, you hold yourself true to that because, I see where a lot of companies start flailing is when their strategy is not clear and then the people don't know really what, you know, where they're heading or how they can really help, you know, move the needle. So I think that's really important and that's something I've learnt. Um, people are so important. Just making sure you've got a great culture is pretty much what I think about the most and I've always cared about that, but that, you know, everyone enjoys coming to work. I'm super lucky, though, that the seven of us have great relationships. I really don't need to lead them. It's more the company. They they are self-starters. They're so driven for the right reasons in terms of sharesies, and so uh, that's been great. I think what I've learnt is, or what I'm learning, is what is what should I always be focused on? Uh, and something that runs through my head all the time right now is metrics because that will really move the needle. You know, we've got, uh, we'll do another capital raise in September. I want to make sure we've got a great investor story. Um, what's our next move? Is it the right one? There's so many opportunities facing our facing us that um, as a team, we're really clear, I guess, on where we're heading and, and, and why that's important. Let's look at that kind of capital piece because <laughs> yes. um, it's so exciting talking to founders with newish companies and you know, you go out and you do the seed to prove that it works. And yeah. Then you do your Series A when you've got the kind of like uh, the, the the traction forming. 
how's that going for you guys and how do you guys structure it? And at the moment, are you all kind of living on baked beans and <laughs> the like? So that was my biggest learning in business so far, um, especially in startup, was capital raising. How do you go about it? How, you know, what... What do investors care about? Uh, how do you get the right investors? It's it's baffling. I, I know you talked to Suze recently, uh, and they they've invested, which was amazing. Suze from the Angel Association, yes, yes. Uh, and, Angel and, HQ, and yeah. Angel HQ in Wellington. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a massive learning curve. Also, we we got we got a lot of interest because we're on the Kiwi Bank fintech accelerator. And we're in fintech, and there's a lot of investors who are really keen to see this thrive in New Zealand. So we got a lot of interest from investors quite early on, even before we had launched our beta, which uh, in New Zealand is quite rare, we've heard. So we, so we did a pre-seed round, and in that, you know, we had to decide a lot of things. Are we going to value the company? But how do we value the company when we don't have a product out there yet? So we uh, took convertible notes, and then we had more interest in the amount of money we thought we should raise. And so then that was a question. You know, we had to decide because you had one camp of people saying, take as much money as you can. Uh, and then others like you should, you know, just raise what you need because obviously you're giving more equity, equity away in the end. And you really still need to prove out that it'll work. Uh, so that was, you know, just all of these questions and trying to figure out what was really right for Sharesies uh, was a massive learning curve for all of us. Uh, but we're really happy with the strategy we took in the end where we got a bit from um, some of the angel groups. Uh, some high net worth individuals and then you know the family and friends that are really supportive uh, and so that helped us get our beta out where we're all in the product market fit phase uh, but in se- around September we'll be raising again and that will be an equity round and that's all about helping us scale. Cool and yeah. what are the plans to scale? So it's a global idea? Yes definitely it is a global idea but we really want to win in New Zealand first and and really help New Zealanders get access to investing you know that's the core of why we started guess it's quite patriotic so we want to make sure we're really flourishing there so that's so scale is about getting more people aware of shares and and that investing is something they can do with the amounts that they can afford uh and that's really important and then yeah and then we're looking at opportunities in australia uh, and the uk awesome uh, opportunities from a regulatory point of view there too uh, we're going to the rise conference in hong kong next week which is this massive tech conference where we're hoping to you know get more exposed to other fintechs or business leaders globally that will help us you know really refine that strategy going forward too into further raises and and years cool and it's just it's just beginning oh that's so exciting what well, do, do you have any um I guess you must get asked uh, about advice just as a last thought. You know, what, what do you um, what would you say to someone listening now who's got an idea and wants to be getting in? Like, um, do you suggest people go and do like you did years of working in senior <laughs> leadership roles in, yeah. in, in, in great organisations to get that experience? Was that a good path to your, your um, starting this company? I've reflected on this question quite, or this thought quite a lot. Um, I... Personally, uh, for Sharesies, having the connections I've got, uh, the experience I've got, is really helpful in this fintech area where it is highly regulated. You need to know a lot of people um, t- to help you build the business. which is, And so I think that experience is a massive strength that I'm bringing into Sharesies and the rest of the team. They're, they're, they've got great experience too. But um, I remember when I did Young Enterprise at school and I 
like I was so naive about a lot of things, but it was brilliant. It, I was bold, you know, and I think you had I had a lot of confidence around it because I didn't know what I didn't know. And um, in terms of all the jargon and, you know, that's in the business world. And then when you go to university, you you learn all this jargon to what you probably do, you know, you, you do know. And I think that um, if somebody's got an idea, just do it is, is what I think. I don't think, you know, experience and stuff is really helpful, um, but you can get that through just, you know, being audacious, making connections with people. In New Zealand, people are so willing to help. And so I've advised somebody on this before, actually, when they were trying to decide to go to university or go hard with their business idea, which is Bonnie from Indigo and Iris. And, you know, ultimately it was her decision, but I'm so proud that she just decided to go full-time in, on making Indigo and Iris a success and, and you know, not having to do the corporate career. And she's had amazing opportunities, like... Um, going to New York with the ambassador or to South Africa, just all of these opportunities start arising um, because she's just so bold. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. I have, to, <laughs> I have to check out her story. Um, thank you so much, Brooke Anderson, for coming in. If people are interested uh, in um, having a poke around and seeing a little bit more about the website, it's sharesies.nz. Uh, great idea. Really cool. Thanks for coming and chatting to us today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much to Madeline Chapman for producing today. And thank you very much for listening. If you are a fan of uh, the spin-off podcasts, please do jump on and give us a, a review and a like. It, uh, it really does help. Thanks, then. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. And brought to you by the spin-off and Callahan Innovation. From the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, Jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.